everyone. Welcome to episode 214 of Manage the Wild. I'm your host, Nick Madsen. Today, I kind of wanted to just review and recap what's uh, what I've been doing this week. Um, yesterday, I had the opportunity to go out with the biologist, and he is doing his, I guess, pre- and mid-hunt classification uh, of elk herds in the area. He's fairly new to the area, and so... He's wanting to get a better understanding of where the elk are moving, where they're headed to. Now, we know from previous information that, and the callers, a lot of the elk are on private. But he also wants to be able to, if people call into him, have a better understanding of where the elk are going to be and just a general idea. So we went out yesterday and the area that we went to, we did find some elk, but it was very interesting. We found uh, it was a one-to-one ratio, cow versus bulls, and that is not what you want to find. Uh, ultimately, we found a few cows, a few calves, and quite a few bulls, and obviously we weren't in the area that the main herds were at. We had a, we, what we were seeing was a lot of younger males, satellite bulls. Uh, they weren't very big. They were two and a half to three and a half years old, and they were the ones that uh, onesies. They were the ones out on the fringes. And so it was giving the biologist a pretty good idea of where to look over the next couple of weeks as he goes out and does his pre-hunt classifying. Uh, it was fun uh, watching them, though. Uh, these guys were bugling hot and heavy. They were running back and forth uh, through the maples and, and uh, working quite a bit for not very much uh, not very good results. Um, the rut here for moose has started, so it was fun to be able to see the bulls out chasing cows and how much terrain they can cover in a short period of time. Just unbelievable. The other thing we got to do is we got to go in on a collar on a doe that uh, they had collared uh, last year, and uh, she had died. Uh, it said she had died on the 22nd. We got on her yesterday and she, her remains were scattered over about 30 yards. We found a gut pile here. We found a leg there. And then we found the rest of the carcass in the head, but it was completely stripped. The other thing that was really interesting is there was no maggots on the gut pile. There was no maggots on the legs. And so talking to the biologist, we were a little perplexed because the collar showed that it, it had died over a week ago. What there's a possible theory, my thoughts are, he wouldn't give me one way or another. They don't. They never do. They never will tell you their guesses. They only speak in absolutes. My guess is that it was sick and it, or injured, and it quit moving on the 22nd, which then the collar, because it's not moving, would show mortality, uh, send out a mortality signal for the GPS collar. And this, it took a couple of days for the coyotes to find it, and then two days or a couple of days before we got to it, the coyotes really got into it, and they just spread it all over, and they ate really well. So that's my thoughts, is it actually didn't die. Here's another reason why I think it didn't die. 
the biologist in performing his checks, because there wasn't a lot to check, cracked open the femur. And at first glimpse to me, it looked pretty good. Uh, it was white, but when he touched it, it jiggled like jello. And the marrow inside should be that consistency of like butter, really cold butter, and it should be white. But this one wasn't. This one was more of like jello consistency with a tinge of red in it. And the biologist said that it was most definitely sick. What was it sick of? We don't know. But uh, ultimately, we, could, we also couldn't tell what killed it. So this will be marked down as an unknown in the study. There are a couple of colleges that are looking at this information. It'll be marked uh, as a mortality of unknown because we don't know what killed it, whether it was a cougar, whether it was coyotes, a fence, or just got sick from disease. But obviously when it died, it wasn't very healthy. And then today, uh, I had the opportunity, I had some time, and I went for a hike. And there's an area that we've been seeing quite a few elk, and I was looking for a bull moose. And so I started up the trail, and it was a nice, peaceful fall day. Leaves are changing. Everything was great. There was rough grouse running through the trees. It was a lot of fun. And ultimately, I got up there and didn't see what I wanted. So I started back and on my way back, I started hearing this noise and like, I can hear it from really, you can tell that it's a really long ways off, but it's, it's pretty loud and I couldn't figure out what it was at first. And then I get to where the trail meets another trail. And all of a sudden this guy just comes sprinting past me. What in the world? And he had numbers on his back and then another one and another one. Ultimately there was about 30 people who passed me who were running down this trail. And then they would get to their checkpoint, which happened to be where I parked my Jeep and they would get to that checkpoint, check in and then turn around and come back at me. So it took me forever just to go a mile and a half because I was waiting for these people and I didn't want to be in their road if they're running a race. And when I got down to the bottom, it was uh, the Bear Lake 100. And so it just made me think because the muzzleloader hunt started this week and it just made me think about more and more about the amount of people that are in the wilderness today. They are more accessible than they've ever been, putting more and more pressure on these animals than there ever been. They're right in the middle of the rut. This is prime rut for elk, for moose, and they're right in the middle of it. And then you've got all these people running up and down these trails. You've got hunters that are going in for the muzzleloader hunt. And then you have all the recreationists, side-by-sides, four-wheelers, jeepers that are driving these trails every day. And there is a lot of pressure on wildlife. I don't know if there's anything we can do about it. And, and these people have every right to run the race. I'm not saying they shouldn't run. No, they have every right. But it was just while you're hiking... And if you hike as fast as I do, you have a lot of time to think. And so it just made me think about the amount of people that we have in on the landscapes today. And it only proves to me more and more that we're going to keep driving these animals onto private more and more because private is less accessible. And so it's just pushing animals more and more. 
And it's making the job of the biologist harder and harder because these animals are less accessible. So hunter satisfaction goes down. Also harder to manage when they're on private because you can't really tell uh, landowners what they can and can't do on their property. That's uh, also very difficult. And I get that as well. And so, I don't know, there's just conundrum. But ultimately, it was a pretty good day. The other things uh, I kind of wanted to review is this week, we've talked about a lot of different things. We've talked about riparian zones and how they are so important for wildlife that we need to continue to find ways to protect those because the amount of nutrients, the amount of food, and the amount of cover they provide are important. It's also important to understand the population viability. How well is this population going to do? Are they being damaged from one thing or another? Are there too many predators? Is there too many cars? Do we need to help support and bolster this population, supplement the population, or are they doing just fine? And then understanding big game habitat selection is key to all of this. If we can understand where they're selecting their areas and what they prefer to be and go in, look at the habitat. Is the habitat going to be able to support the amount of animals that are coming in? And then also we talked a little bit about the economics of big game hunting, multi-billion dollar business. And so there's a lot of pressure on wildlife. All right, you guys, that's it. That's all I got for today. Hope you guys have a great weekend. If you uh, like today's episode or any of the others, go ahead and subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. Go into YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, hit me up. Let me know what you want me to talk about or just say hi. All right. Have a great day. Stay wild.